This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Neta Hussain. I'm a medical doctor and a researcher. I write articles on Wikipedia. I have been volunteering with Wikipedia and its sister projects for the last 10 years. The sister projects that I work on are Wikidata, which is the structured data repository. And I also volunteer with Wikimedia Commons, uh, which is the image repository for Wikipedia. I also know other languages than English. So my mother tongue is Malayalam. So I contribute to Malayalam language Wikipedia as well. So these are some of the things that I do for Wikipedia and the Wikipedia movement in general. So what what was the inspiration for you to start editing Wikipedia? What got you started? I started editing Wikipedia in 2010 uh, but even before that I knew that everybody could edit Wikipedia. So I used to edit as an anonymous editor which means that I did not have a user account there but I had made small changes on articles related to India, uh, the, play, the country I come from. And I was a medical student at that time so I used to look up Wikipedia for uh, understanding some basic basic concepts related to medicine. So what I would do was I would uh, like read up the textbooks at my medical school and then come back and search on uh, the internet uh, to find out interesting and more information about uh, medicine. So uh, one day I figured out that there is no uh, article about a particular cuisine that people eat in the southern part of India. Uh, It is called um, chamandi which is like analogous to chutney um, which is like very uh, which is an Indian cuisine so I used to write a blog at that time and so I I yeah then I thought that well why not have an article for this uh, cuisine and that was how I started uh, editing Wikipedia for the first time but afterwards I shifted my focus to articles related to medicine because I thought that that was where I could help the most because I had expert knowledge in the subject and I started uh, editing on the topics which I used to read in my medical school so I would like go to my classes, read about a topic and then they come back, look up the corresponding Wikipedia article and see if something was missing. If something was missing I would use my textbooks to update those articles. Um, so in this way I contributed on English and Malayalam language Wikipedias and I, th- I still keep contributing that way. So it has been like 10 years now but this is something that I enjoy doing very much. So, But in addition to like contributing to Wikipedia I also take images and also contribute to structured data which are like sister projects of Wikipedia, but it's included in the Wikimedia movement. So how long were you editing medical content before you kind of stumbled upon or became involved in Wiki Project Medicine? I kept uh, editing um, medical rela- medicine-related articles for like around two years. And then I discovered that there is a Wiki Project Medicine where uh, people uh, who are interested in medicine come together, discuss about uh, medicine-related topics and write about that. So, well, uh, so that was exciting for me uh, to know that there is a group of volunteers who are like dedicated to writing articles related to medicine. That was where I built contacts with other editors. But even before that, when I started writing on Malayalam language Wikipedia, uh, I had made friends there because they come from the same region as I am. So we had met as well. But the way I met the global community was through the Wiki Project Medicine as well as uh, the Wiki Women uh, Collaborative. Wiki Women Collaborative was a collaborative for women who are who edit Wikipedia and participate in other Wikimedia projects. Yes, so meeting them uh, was a turning point uh, not only in my Wikimedia volunteering life but also in my like 
personal life because uh, the perspectives which I learned from them about the open knowledge movement, they were very valuable for me. And I used to like follow the edits of some of the Wikimedians, I, some of the very experienced Wikimedians, which helped me improve my writing skills and also learn about, you know, which source, which reference source was better than the other one and like weighing um, the credibility of content and also like learning about the writing styles. So I think... Um, well, uh, we used to work together on topics related on updating information and like uh, fighting, also fighting against people who do vandalism on Wikipedia. So at that time, we would work together on fighting disinformation, but it was not called that at that time. In 2010, we did not have that name, but we were actually doing that uh, as a group. But in my individual capacity, I was uh, like writing articles on topics that I was interested in. So yes, uh, it was two years after I started editing prolifically that I um, met people from Wiki Project Medicine and uh, Wiki Women's Collaborator. A lot of the work that you've done this year has been uh, related, obviously, to the ongoing pandemic. And you have been one of the editors that has been involved in a Wiki Project specifically focused on COVID-19. That is true. Uh, so when the COVID-19 pandemic happened, um, Wikipedia had an, an article about the COVID-19 um, disease um, uh, as early as in January, like five days after the World Health Organization proclaimed that there is a pandemic, that there is a disease that originated in uh, Wuhan. So we, uh, the movement was very early in like knowing about the pandemic and updating details regarding that. And I joined this when this became... Uh, very big in Europe. Uh, that was uh, around March. So I used to keep updating articles uh, with information related, not only related to the disease, but also related to the pandemic. So my focus was on uh, like the impact of the pandemic on various aspects of the society, such as uh, mental health, um, like mental health, how COVID-19 affects uh, mental health or the social stigma um, relate uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic or how mortality related to the pandemic. So I focused on like specific uh, themes and areas um, related to the pandemic uh, and created pages for that. I also followed up uh, information from the World Health Organization. So it was uh, the article about um, World Health Organization's response to the COVID-19 pandemic was started by me. And um, and I was also very interested in, a, um, in the vaccine research as well as drug research. So I wrote articles about various trials, uh, ongoing trials about um, like vaccine trials as well as uh, um, medicine trials uh, for finding cure for COVID-19. Uh, that was something I did. And of course, there was this uh, wiki project specifically for COVID-19. And I made many friends there. And some of my old friends, they were also very active there. So we worked together to find uh, gaps on the gaps in the knowledge that we have about COVID-19 on uh, Wikipedia. And we would update that on the Wiki Project COVID-19's portal so that we know that we do not have articles about these areas and this is where we can like improve upon and so forth. Uh, 
uh, I continue uh, doing that, but then uh, I got a grant from Wikigred. Wikigred is an organization based in the United States which work on um, improving the credibility of uh, Wikipedia. So um, they gave me a grant for uh, finding the knowledge gaps related to vaccine safety on Wikipedia. So I was very excited about that because in that capacity, I would get to collaborate with the Vaccine Safety Network, which is um, a network sponsored by the World Health Organization. So this is a network of um, many organizations from different countries of the world where they provide uh, information related to vaccines because a lot of misinformation uh, around vaccines exist on the internet as well as uh, in the media. So my work was surrounding finding knowledge gaps related to vaccine safety on Wikipedia and I like I really enjoyed doing that so I shifted my focus to work on that. But now that that project is complete I think there is more that I can do with respect to COVID-19. Because I think those of us within the Wikimedia community think of uh, wiki projects as something quite permanent. You know when you set one up it's it's the idea is that this is kind of a very long-term project where I've seen you uh, comment that you think that this project could have quite a short lifespan but that's part of the value of it absolutely that's okay and a wiki project shouldn't need to stay forever so like people can come together for a short period of time and work together and when the scope of the project is over and or when editors are not no longer interested in like continuing with it we could as well archive it and like move forward with something else so i think it's perfectly okay that we have projects that were temporary projects where people come together for a specific goal and when we uh, at achieve that goal we could as well move forward and do other things yeah you mentioned i mean vaccine anybody who's spent any time on the internet will know that obviously vaccine misinformation and and now yeah we have all this language for it fake news and do you think outside of i suppose normal normal non-medical editing do you think there are any very specific challenges to editing medical content on wikipedia as opposed to more traditional or, or less medical focused content uh, yes, definitely. I think that uh, I need to be more responsible when I write articles related to medicine because um, people look that up and apply it in their lives. So uh, then I have to be extra careful to to use the right words and to present it in the right way and in the right structure so that people so that there is no misunderstanding between me and the reader. So yes, so doing that it requires that I need to do more research uh, at some time or I need to find a very credible source or a very updated source so for um, like diseases like uh, COVID-19 for example the science is changing so there is there are there is so much new research happening every day so if I would refer uh, a source that that was published perhaps five six months ago that might not be relevant now so doing that I think is a great responsibility uh, compared to like more static topics like say about like some other things in natural sciences which do not change as much. Um, so I think yes there is definitely more challenges. There is also another challenge related to like getting a good quality images and media uh, in medicine. Uh, most probably most often they are very expensive because they have like an image of uh, a virus for example. It needs a lot of work to like render that image uh, in a scientifically accurate way. So unless governments make it uh, free to use uh, it's impossible to have that kind 
kind of good quality uh, images or videos uh, for use on Wikipedia articles. So that is uh, one limitation that we face. And uh, we have fewer uh, editors who focus on medicine-related content. When it comes to, say, um, um, current affairs, whether it be the U.S. elections or um, something that uh, affects uh, some political um, re- politics-related articles or articles related to, you know, celebrities in um, movies or, um, yeah, so these have uh, more uh, turnover in terms of having editors. So many people are interested in that. Uh, And barrier to entry to write that kind of articles is also low because then you can look up, you can look up other sources on the internet and write a a biography of a living person. But when it comes to medicine, it's not that obvious. So you need to have specialized knowledge to be able to edit that. So that is why I think we have fewer editors editing um, medicine related articles on Wikipedia. And I would really want for more academics in medicine to write articles there or review articles there or at least uh, suggest uh, good quality references uh, for Wikipedia articles. That's very important because many people go to Wikipedia uh, for knowing health-related topics and we really need the involvement of experts um, to keep our articles updated and accurate. When you talk about, so, you know, you were talking about how you started kind of collaborating, say, with um, other editors to Wiki Project Medicine about um, perhaps, you know, the obvious things would be improving certain articles or that kind of thing. Would you notice um, perhaps kind of uh, almost like news cycle, uh, you know, like if, if a topic, you know, a specific treatment or, you know, a, a, you know, the more obvious one would be cancer treatments and things like that. They come into the news cycle. Do you notice then kind of an uptick in views and also perhaps kind of disruptive or less helpful edits appearing on those kind of articles? Do you feel that Wikipedia is kind of susceptible to that news cycle that way? Yes. So when I uh, started writing about COVID-19, I realized that there is a lot of traffic uh, surrounding COVID-19 related articles. So this was nothing like what I had seen before, because earlier the articles which I used to write were like low profile, uh, which would mean that they... Uh, not many people read that uh, because uh, my area of uh, specialization is neuroscience. I'm a neuroscientist. So I write um, articles which are very specific to my uh, area of research uh, at most times. So uh, when I wrote about COVID-19, suddenly it's like thousands of people reading the articles that I have started or expanded. Uh, so that was something very new to me. And although I used to fight vandalism, I would not engage in this kind of back and forth conversations on the talk pages. I would just look up a page and I have see, I, I would see that, oh, this person has like deleted a section or they have added something which is very obviously, which is obviously false. So I would only like revert or change that kind of, um, you know, obvious errors on Wikipedia, but not those subtle uh, changes which are meant to like change a narrative on a on an article so uh, when COVID-19 came suddenly like I think suddenly all the medical editors on Wikipedia had to like shift their attention to this pandemic uh, so as to like cope up with the like inflow of research and like update it on Wikipedia page so many um, like editors who are focused on medicine related articles that I know uh, 
they have contributed on COVID-19 at that point of time uh, so as to like maintain uh, these high profile articles. Yes, I have seen uh, people um, like inserting um, sentences specifically to show that um, uh, to push a commercial product. For example, in the article about the World Health Organization's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, um, you could see for some at some point of time um, uh, the names of some commercial producers of vaccines who say that their vaccines were World Health Organization approved. In fact, the World Health Organization just maintains uh, a, a repository of the uh, ongoing vaccine trials, so they do not approve any vaccinations. So these people have tried to mislead uh, the readers to show that their company has a World Health Organization approved vaccine. So this kind of things uh, do happen on Wikipedia, but I think uh, we, the editors, are like quite good in going back to the articles uh, we um, like keep uh, the articles we have created or expanded and like change uh, this kind of like false or incorrect entries from there. So although like uh, disruptive edits happen on Wikipedia from time to time, uh, the volunteer community is like very is on a watch to see if uh, these things happen and uh, they do change that quite quickly. So I'm really happy with how the community responds to vandalism and disinformation on Wikipedia. I suppose doctors generally would be aware of misapprehension, you know, misconceptions or, you know, kind of alternative narratives and misinformation about medical conditions generally. So it's probably not very surprising that then you see that in your, your editing activity as well. As well. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, that is very true. And uh, yes, so when it comes to disinformation, I think, uh, yeah, after COVID-19, there was a lot of uh, discussions about how we can combat uh, misinformation, not only related to COVID-19, but about health in general. So Wikipedia has now started having articles specifically for misinformation. So we have an article which says a misinformation related to the COVID-19 pandemic and it lists all the misinformation uh, related to the pandemic. So it has this uh, biological weapon theory saying that a COVID-19 came from as a biological weapon from some laboratory and uh, that the COVID-19 uh, is actually a hoax uh, by the governments uh, but actually the 5G is the problem. The 5G towers are the problem and they are causing the disease blah blah blah. So all these um, it's not enough for us to just give people information. We should also specifically point out and say that, look, this is misinformation and don't trust that. So I think we on so Wikipedia is a good platform to also like list out all the uh, misinformation related to a specific topic so that people can go into that article and see and find out that, okay, uh, what I read uh, in the social media is not true because on Wikipedia, uh, it has it's shown as misinformation and there's a reference for that. Uh, so recently, we have started having more and more articles of this kind. And um, yeah, the one that I personally started was the list of unproven methods against COVID-19. So it lists all the like treatment and diagnostic uh, methods uh, for COVID-19, which don't actually work. Yeah, so I was inspired to do this when I heard about um, a an Indian family who ate a poisonous seed, thinking that it could prevent them from getting COVID-19. And they were all hospitalized um, because this was a poisonous seed. Um, so yeah, so it's very important that uh, we also address that misinformation exists 
and give um, give out uh, the list of misinformation for people to understand that uh, this is misinformation and not to believe in that. It's a really interesting framing of it that Wikipedia articles don't just have to be kind of rigidly about a specific topic, that they can be about a kind of a phenomena or a, a, a series of phenomena and kind of list them in that way and have refutations then of, of misinformation. That's a really interesting use. Uh, it's fascinating. Really, really interesting. One of the things that I've noticed that, you know, there's because of the pace of COVID-19, there's a lot of focus on, on preprint um, research. So I presume kind of from my experience of, of editing that, that that would be the kind of um, sources that you wouldn't use uh, on, on Wikipedia. But I presume that perhaps I suppose news coverage at times of such preprint material would kind of work its way in. How does the medical community deal with that kind of very fast paced element of of the pandemic as it unfolds? Um, so on even before the COVID-19 pandemic, we had uh, like a little bit stricter guidelines for what kind of references we should use for medicine related articles. So if we would uh, write about a celebrity, it's enough that the uh, information comes from news media, a trusted news media. Uh, but when it comes to articles related to medicine, we usually uh, have this uh, pyra- hi- uh, pyramid that shows hierarchy of evidence. We use that. So on the top of the pyramid is the most trusted reference. So on top of the pyramid, we have meta-analysis and systematic reviews, which are like, um, like analysis of several articles that came about a particular topic. So if it's about hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID-19, a systematic article would, a systematic review would have like uh, dozens of hydroxychloroquine related articles in that uh, paper. And uh, and then looking at all these articles, this um, systematic review would give a conclusion that hydroxychloroquine does or does not work against COVID-19. So Wikipedia always prefers to use a systematic review or a meta-analysis when that is present and if you don't have that then you go one step down and you uh, choose uh, multi-center trials. So multi-center trials are uh, like researchers which happen in different parts of the world at the same time and evidence from uh, all trials from different parts of the world are like taken together and presented um, as uh, as as a research article. So we use that and when we don't have that we take original research which are like normal research papers and when we don't have that it's imperative that you don't write about it because there is no consensus in the medical community about uh, that particular topic so usually most editors including myself don't prefer uh, using um, like news media reports for like citing uh, scientific uh, content on wikipedia um, but uh, but when the news media reports on something uh, it should have come from a, a source so it should have come uh, that that, uh, that information should have come from uh, an original research or a systematic analysis at the first place for the uh, for, for the newspaper to report it. So uh, what I do is when I hear news, I usually go back and trace the source and see, well, is this good enough? And uh, use my discretion to use that knowledge on Wikipedia. So there was this one uh, very a reputed media outlet in uh, Malayalam language which uh, gave a news uh, based on some shady research that people with uh, some 
O blood group uh, were less susceptible to COVID-19 and so forth. So at that time, there was no evidence for that. So it was a preprint uh, from uh, a not so reputed place. But the newspaper picked up that information uh, and gave that as a news on the newspaper. So then somebody uh, put that up on Wikipedia uh, with uh, referring to this newspaper article. So then I had to remove that part and also like write to that editor saying that, look, there is not the evidence for this is too little. So we should probably refrain from saying that on Wikipedia. So uh, that does happen sometimes, particularly with uh, people who are new to this uh, Wikipedia policies and guidelines and rules. So then, um, but most often when we explain it to that kind of, uh, when, it, when we explain the whole situation to these editors, they usually understand and they turn out to be like very good editors in the future, actually. So p- people learn all the time. So I, I have learned from many of the experienced editors who came before me and I still keep learning. So I think it's also kind of responsibility on my end to educate those coming after me. I think the very important part there is that you don't just revert the edit, that you go and then start the conversation so that you're not just you know batting somebody away that you're drawing you know you're you're inviting them in um, and trying to help them be a a, a, you know to to develop their their editing skills and things like that that's really it's really worthwhile um That's fantastic. As a as by way of a of a final question, you you mentioned um, some of the articles that you've been writing around, kind of I suppose the social impact of COVID nineteen, and you mentioned mental health. Um, have you found um, editing the articles and perhaps even the ones on vaccine? Do you find that it's it's been beneficial to your mental health during kind of the pandemic and perhaps the implications of that, or do you find that you have to maybe take a breather and you know kind of step away from all of the the pandemic and the vaccine denial and all that kind of stuff and give yourself headspace Uh, how do you find it for me writing on wikipedia in general is therapeutic because then i know that look i i write i love writing i also love researching so uh when i went to medical school i did not know that i loved writing to begin with so when i started editing on wikipedia i got the hang of it and then i was like very involved in it and it was only then that i realized that i i love academic writing until then i used to write like poetry i i had a blog uh, but i did not know what kind of writing style i had and which to which direction i could develop that so after uh, my medical school i decided that i'll take i'll have a phd because that will help me do more academic writing so wikipedia was this is it was instrumental in my life in a way to like guide me towards my passion so yeah so the reason why i became a researcher later on uh, is partly because of my involvement with wikipedia so when the covid-19 pandemic happened i I want I wanted to do something something for people so I wanted to help combat this pandemic in some way one way of doing that would be like go join a hospital and work there and help um, help help the patients and but at that time I was a full-time researcher so I did not have the possibility to do that and another way uh, for me was to like write articles on Wikipedia if I would write an article on my blog very few people would read it and it would not be as useful if I would put that on up on Wikipedia millions of people would read them and in that way I can make an impact I can help them so I think when the pandemic happened it was kind of obvious for me that I should step in and do something and so the feeling of having done something it satisfies me which makes me want to do more because of the pandemic like everybody I was also 
very i also felt very vulnerable and i wanted to do something to help others to take control of their lives so i did this so yeah i i would absolutely agree with you when you say about this aspect of wikipedia that it helps you relax and uh, <laughs> uh, feel good about oneself as you say it's it's you know it's not just writing for the sake of writing there's kind of like there's a, a grander you know you're contributing to something much bigger than yourself and there's there's a great yeah. satisfaction and kind of warm feeling <laughs> that goes along that with that that's fabulous Netta. that's that's um, all the questions from me thank you so much um i really appreciate you taking the time uh to talk to me and share your wonderful expertise thank you yeah thank you very much uh, for the opportunity as well uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's really nice to be able to talk about this. <laughs> uh, well, when I have ideas in my head, I don't organize it. But when somebody asks me about it, then uh, it gives me a perspective. So until then, I don't think about my own perspectives. So when I have um, an opportunity to talk, then I'll have to organize my ideas. And that that makes me, yeah, it, it's, it's really fun. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.